Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. So before we dive in, just wanted to remind you to uh, check out our Songwriter Theory Mastermind group and uh, join that so that you can uh, be a part of the discussion. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys, and it would be a good open place for us to discuss songwriting and music theory and all the fun things that we talk about on this podcast. Um, so it's just facebook.com slash groups slash songwriter theory mastermind, all one word, no hyphens or dashes or anything in between it. So today we're going to talk a little bit about an arranging thing because I've done some arranging stuff, but I feel like I haven't done enough. And this is one that I feel like is, is, is something I've realized just how important it was a little more recently. So I want to dive into it and share with you guys something that I kind of wish I knew before, especially when recording my first album way back in college. Sorry, that's drinking some water. Uh, it is almost midnight and did Insanity Max 30 like a couple hours ago, so I'm still extremely thirsty. So what we're talking about today is don't settle on a key. So we're going to start with an analogy, because if you've listened to this podcast before, you probably know that I like analogies, because I think it makes things a little more simple to understand and and sort of brings the point home um, and makes it, it relatable. So let's say you need a new car, right? Your car just died despite all your prayers that it not be so. So you need a new car. So you're doing your research, right? You're going on Kelly Blue Book, maybe even looking at magazines, even though it's the 21st century, you're so desperate to get it right that you open a paper magazine. So you spend months trying to figure out exactly the right car for you. You know, you want the best world of, you know, you're an, let's say you're an everyman or an every woman. And you want good fuel mileage, a car with enough space for family, but it doesn't need a lot. It's mostly meant to be a commuter car. And you don't really want a new vehicle because you know that that's probably about the worst price point you can get. But you also don't want something too old because you want it to be reliable. And you want it to be a car that will get you from A to B for many years. So you research the heck out of it for months. And then you find out you are a true everyman, a true everywoman, and you end up with a 2015 Honda Civic. So it's a couple years old. Honda Civic will last forever, nothing exciting, horrible acceleration, bad handling, but it gets you from A to B. So you've now spent a couple of months researching and pouring in extra hours just to figure out exactly the right car for you. So then you go to the dealership, right? And 
you buy the first 2015 Honda Civic you see. First one. You don't even bother with leather seats or not. You don't really bother playing the haggle game with price. You don't really bother doing the whole, like, go there, say, hey, this is the price I want, and then they inevitably say no, and then you leave to make them think that you don't need their car, which is true, because really, I mean, come on, there's about 50 billion 2015 Honda Civics, so you can just go to the, the dealership next door, and maybe there will be cheaper. You don't do any of that. You just buy the first one you see. Say, oh, that's the price? Okay, I'll take it. Why? You've already spent months. And, and if you add up all the hours, maybe 50 hours figuring out the exact right car. And then you go to the dealership and you don't even bother to look up the, that car's history. Like, maybe it was in an accident. You don't know. Why is this 2015 car sitting here? Why did the original owner not have it anymore? For all you know, it's a lemon. For all you know, you just got totally ripped off because you didn't even bother to haggle or play any of that game. So you spend all that time, but you don't spend the last, what, hour? Two hours? Three hours tops? To play that final game to get the right price and to make sure that this car you're buying is going to be what you want it to be, that reliable vehicle. But you didn't even check to see its background to find out, oh, this thing was in the shop all the time. That's why this is the last person to get rid of it. Yeah, it's normally a good car, but this one's a lemon. And yeah, I know anti-lemon laws and all that stuff, but like... That's what this is like, to just settle on a key. You've come so far. You've spent probably well over 10 hours writing your song. Maybe even 50 hours writing your song. And then you're not going to take the hour, tops, half hour probably, to make sure that it's in the right key? Makes no sense. It's just being lazy about the last step. It's like running a marathon, getting to the 25th mile and saying, eh, close enough. Like, you're, you're right there. You're right there. This is the difference between being able to say you did a marathon and not being able to say you did a marathon. So just finish it. And that's, that's really what settling on a key is. It's, it's exactly that. So... I understand that you might think, oh, well, it's, uh, it's so annoying, it's so, it's, so, it's so hard to, you know, and it's, it, you know, when I wrote it in the key of G, for instance, maybe, it was comfortable to sing, so, you know, it's fine. Okay, but you might think something's comfortable until you try it in a different key and be like, oh, that's so much better, right? Like... Like, you might have watched Batman Begins and been like, oh, wow, this is a really good Batman movie. But then you saw The Dark Knight, and everybody forgot about Batman Begins. You know what I mean? So, so just because something's good the way it is now doesn't mean it can't be better. And that's a dangerous road to go down. So I'm going to give you the, the, the two-plus different easy ways that you can just figure out that if your key is right or not easily without wasting a lot of time because I understand that concern so 
let's start with the guitar. The easiest method with a guitar is just a capo. I mean, if you're a guitarist, I'm sure you have a capo, right? And let's assume that you wrote this song using open chords. So you chose the key of G, maybe. Which is a natural key to choose as a guitarist. I personally love the key of G for guitar. Uh, technically, I usually do the key of G flat because I keep my guitar down a half step. Um, but as far as the chord choices and the open chords you have to work with, I do love the key of G. And that's true of a lot of guitars. You know, G is very common for guitarists. C is semi-common. E is very common. So you have the, the key of G major, which is pretty reasonable. All you have to do is slap on a capo, play the exact same thing, and now you've tried the key of A flat. Put the capo one fret higher, key of A. One higher, B flat. So just do that. And if you need to try lower, then you can just tune your guitar a half step down. Go ahead. And the thing is, usually, whatever key you choose, like say, say you choose the key of G, it's unlikely that you're that far off, right? If you wrote it that way, and you know, you've been singing along as you write, it's, it's very possible that like the key of G flat or F sharp is really the better key for you. Or maybe the key of F, or maybe A flat or A, but it's very unlikely that like, oh, I wrote it in G, but turns out it's easier for me to sing in the key of D. Like, no, you just, you just changed your whole song and melody by a fifth. That's huge. That's a huge difference. I mean, even between different singers, unless you're, you're changing the gender of the singer, because then, then keys can change a lot because there's a huge difference between the male and female range. But, you know, even from one guy singer to another guy singer, one girl singer to another girl singer, it would be very rarely would you want to change the key by that much. So with the capo method, it's really easy. You can, if, again, if you need to go down, you can just tune it down by a half step or another alternate to do, you can put the capo really high because you can bring it all the way to almost the 12th, depending on your acoustic guitar, you can bring it almost to the 12th fret. So, and, and if, if for a little extra work, let's say you're doing the key of G. For a little extra work, you can probably figure out what the chords would be, whether you maybe move to bar chords or something, with the key of, say, F sharp or F. Now, I understand that's getting into more work, but you should be willing to do the more work to make sure it's the right key. Now, again, I'm not saying you have to do that. I think the capo should be able to get you most of the way there. And then for me, I realized that while it is in my comfort range to, you know, have the key of G and E and, you know, all of the more traditional guitar keys. I found that just, I like the sound of the guitar. It's a little more rich when it's a half step down. 
and everything's just more comfortable for me to sing in those flat keys in E flat and in G flat. Like they're just, they're just more comfortable for me. And I like my voice better in them. I like how the guitar sounds better in them, which is why I now keep my guitar a half step down. And it's also why, um, based on keys again, that I, my baritone electric guitar for harder rock stuff, I keep that in drop B, um, which is also for reasons of, you know, my voice. Um, so capo really easy. Not hard. Costs like 10 bucks if you don't have one. Get one. Also get one because it's what it's easily the best tool for a guitarist to make things that could be unnecessarily complicated much easier. And if you know, if if it's power chords or bar chords or some other version of non-open chord where it doesn't really, you know, you can easily just transpose it by playing it one fret higher, two frets higher. Um, then it's even easier. You don't even need a capo, right? If you're doing power chords, you can just decide, well, I was doing a power chord on the fifth fret and then seventh fret. Well, you can just change it to sixth and eighth, right? And then you've essentially changed key. So... If your guitar's on, if your song is on guitar, the capo method. Very easy. Now let's say you're a pianist, because I don't know demographics, but in general, as a songwriter, the vast majority of the time you're either a pianist or a guitarist, or you might have another instrument that's more primary, whether it be your voice or a flute or violin or whatever. But you almost definitely know some piano or some guitar. And um, to me, they're by far the two best instruments to write songs with. Um, I think there's a reason that the vast majority of songwriters are those two things, sort of like how the vast majority of composers are pianists. I think there's a reason for these things. Um so that's why these are the two that I'm going to talk about. They're also the two that I know best as a pianist and guitarist. Um, so for the piano, there's several ways. First of all, if you have a keyboard, we're off to a great start. If you have only uh, some version of acoustic piano, whether that be an upright, a baby grand, or a grand, which, by the way, if you have a grand at home, lucky you, that's awesome. Also, even a baby grand. I'd love to have a baby grand at home. So good for you. That's super cool. Um, so if you have a keyboard, which I think most of us do for one reason or another, whether it be for being able to perform or for me, it's much easier for, for recording, uh, than miking a piano and making sure your piano is always in tune because you know, it's just, it's a pain. Um, if I had a nice big studio, then I would absolutely do the acoustic piano thing. Um, but there's so many good plugins to make a keyboard sound like a real piano these days that I use that for recording. Um, so if you have a keyboard, you might even have a transposition feature on it where you can literally just transpose it up or down as much as you'd like. And then you can literally play the exact same thing and it will sound in different keys. So you might be playing it in the key of C still, but you tuned it, you said transpose it up one, so it's playing in C sharp. So you don't even have to reteach yourself 
what the song would be and the this the different fingering of of the the main riff in the key of C sharp. It's easy. You just play the same thing you did before. And that's a really easy way. Or if you don't have that, which my keyboard doesn't have that because my keyboard's basically, uh, you know, your standard Yamaha weighted 88 key keyboard that is a lot less, um, it's more for like performance purposes. Like I want to go and basically have a piano, but it's unfortunately a keyboard. Um, standard Yamaha $300 keyboard. So it doesn't have that. Um, but because I record with it and I record with it using MIDI and almost any keyboard is going to have a MIDI out. Um, and if you have an audio interface or some other way to record into your computer, if you don't, and you do have a keyboard with MIDI, you can get, I think they have MIDI to USB converters for like five, 10 bucks. So you can just get one of those. You can plug your keyboard directly into your computer and then get a DAW or otherwise known as a DAW, which is a digital audio workstation, which is like Pro Tools and stuff like that. And you can get free ones. So they have Audacity is totally free. Reaper you can use for free indefinitely, but they ask you to buy the license for 60 bucks. I use and love Reaper personally. Um, you can download those real quick. And then there's also a ton of free piano plugins out there, or you could just use the built-in keyboard sounds or whatever. Record it real fast into that. And then MIDI is just information really. So you can just control A, which is control, you know, select all and then click, drag it up one note. And then all of the notes are now transposed up one higher or two higher or however much higher or lower you want to go. And so there's a couple steps there, but especially if you're already somebody who records like me, it's super simple. And if you're not, it really is just a couple steps away if you have a keyboard that has MIDI. Um, you know, you can spend five, ten bucks total and, I don't know, half an hour maybe, an hour tops of time setting it up the first time. And then from there, it'll be a really quick thing that you can always do when you're writing a, a new song. And to be clear here... I'm not saying that that's how you should keep doing it. What I'm saying is, let's, let's say you start in the key of C. And the right key ends up being E, right? Like, you don't want to have to, like, teach yourself the riff. And, you know, even if you're a competent pianist, there's, there's still, like, once you train yourself for one key for a certain song, like, to just do it in the next key... Um, is not necessarily complicated, but, but, but it's enough cognitive dissonance that it's just much easier to be able to sort of use this cheat code. But then once you figure out the right key, then teach yourself the song in that key. And of course it depends how complicated the piano part is. Maybe it is easier. And sometimes it is for me. Sometimes I just, okay, let me play it in the next key. Let me play it in the next key. But sometimes the riff is so, uh, I don't want to say intricate, but it's, 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 it's got a little more to it. And, you know, I keep, my thumb keeps going to the wrong place because I'm used to having a stretch because of the, 
you know, the note that I had to hit in the previous key. And it's just kind of a pain, especially because really what we're trying to find here is that it's comfortable for our voice. So if you can record it, drag it up, and then it's even better because you don't even have to play and sing at the same time. How easy could it possibly be? So you could stand up if you want. You could walk around the room as you're singing to really test how comfortable it is. And you can't do that without a recording because you have to sit at the piano and you're probably thinking about, okay, how do I play it in this key? Um, which is the beauty of this recorded MIDI version. I've Multiple times I've, I've recorded the original version of the song, brought it up, tried singing, brought it down, tried singing. And then I, you know, I might end up being like, nope, the original key's right. Or I'll stick with uh, half step down or half step up or whatever it is. And then from there, I teach myself uh, the song in, in the, whatever the new key ends up being. So regardless of what your instrument is, uh, it probably is piano or guitar for writing. Although if it's not, I'm sure there's a way you can find, I mean, really, even if it's violin or flute or something, you can record the song, the you playing it with your cell phone and then get one of those, you know, cheap apps or send the file to your computer, email it to yourself, and then use one of those cheap, like, things that lets you pitch shift something up and down. And will it sound crappy? Yes. But it will still be in a new key and you can still test it. So, so there, there's, with technology, there's th so many options. So it's really important to make sure you get the key right because you don't, I mean, maybe you do, but for me, I don't want to record a song in a certain key that wasn't quite right because then it doesn't allow my vocal to shine as much as it probably could or should. Or you put yourself in a corner where you have to actually play the song in a lower key live than you did on the album because, you know, it was a little too aggressive on the album, which maybe if you're planning for that, that's fine. You know, I mean, Bon Jovi did that with Living on a Prayer. You know, he can't sing that high note. I mean, they, I don't think they tune it down. They just, you know, he just doesn't sing the key change. Um, but... You know, that's disappointing. And probably why, in the case of Bon Jovi, they don't tune it down so that he can sing the top the top note at after the key change is because it would just seem disappointing because you're already used to the standard set by the recording. But if the recording was in the lower key to begin with, nobody would bat an eye. You know what I mean? Like, So just record it in the right key. And perform it in the same key, and then you don't have to deal with any of that. And why would you not want to set yourself up for success in your recording? Because even if in the original key, in because you know it, it's easiest to get your best performance in a recording if you're doing it right. In theory, I have not always been good about this. Sometimes I. I'm more lazy about getting, like, warming up properly before recording vocals. Um, and for me, the live energy kind of gives gives that extra oomph. Um, but really, there should be no easier environment to record perfectly and have the ideal, you know, 
situation for your voice to shine than a recording session. But that being said, if something is normally more comfortable for you, how much more comfortable is it going to be if you record it in the right key to begin with? Because maybe you can hit that B flat. And maybe it is pretty comfortable when you're vocally warmed up. But that A that you can nail day after day after day, how much more comfortable is that going to be when you're really ready to record? So don't be lazy. Take that last half hour, that last hour tops, even that seemed it's way long to make sure that it's in the right key. And even take it a step further. Do the same thing I do with tempo. Figure out what you think is right by slightly going up, slightly going down, and then don't commit. Come back the next day. Try it again. Really make sure, because sometimes, you know, now you're vocally warmed up to be able to hit that B-flat. So now you think, oh, B-flat's easy. But when you come back the next day and you're like, oh, I can't even hit the B-flat. So maybe the, the key of A was the better choice. And same thing with tempo. You get so used to the faster tempo, but the next day when it's your mind is clear again, it might be like, oh, wow, that's too fast or that's too slow. It drags. Um, so that is another pro tip, if you will. So don't be lazy. Be sure you've, you've put all this hard work into, do, into doing it right. You've, you've put the hard work You've done iterative lyric writing. You've done everything right. You've spent hours and hours and hours crafting this great song. So don't cop out in the last clutch moment because that last moment can make a huge difference in the final product of your song. Thanks for listening to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you want to jumpstart your songwriting, be sure to download my free guide on 10 proven ways to start writing a song at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Whether you're brand new to songwriting or a seasoned vet, this guide will help you to avoid staring at a blank page wondering where to start. Even if you just want to figure out some different ways to start writing a song, this free guide is for you.